Welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. So I won't have you flipping all over the place. Luke 18, we're going we're gonna to turn there, park there, and camp there. So... Um, I'll give you just a second to get there. I should have probably told you that right up front, but I didn't. So here we are, Luke chapter 18. Most of you are probably just hitting two or three buttons and you're there. Some of you still have paper Bibles, appreciate that. But uh, whatever you have to do to get there, we're there. Okay, so I'm gonna start here in chapter uh, 18 and verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came there, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. You know, Jesus asked a lot of questions. That's a really interesting study to do sometime. Like, how many questions did Jesus actually ask? And uh, you would find that there are quite a few. And, you know, he would say things like, you know, who do, who do people say I am? Or who do people say the Son of Man is? And that's a really good question. You know, like, who do people think that I, I am out here? But I think few questions that Jesus asked were as, a, as important as this one. What do you want me to do for you? Because I think it makes you think about who you are and what's important and what you're made of and where you're going and, and what really matters to you. You know, if somebody says, what can I do for you? I mean, that's just a very thought-provoking question. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of like that, you know, genie in the bottle, right? You're all familiar with the, with the genie in the bottle. You have one wish, you know, anything you want, anything you want, you can have it. Well, if, if, that were, if that were you, if that question were posed to you, you can have anything you want, what would it be? Could you answer that question right now without any hesitation. <clears throat> My guess is that Moses would have to stop and think about it for a moment. Hmm, I can have one thing and one thing only, but that one thing can be anything I want. What would that be? Well, look, I don't think you're gonna find a genie in a bottle anytime soon, but we've got something way better than a genie in a bottle. We've got Jesus. Um, and I think in the same way, we should be ready for an answer to that question. What do you want? Three guys are lost at sea in a raft. And one day, a, a bottle floats by. And they grab it, and they, they uncork the bottle. And I'll pass a genie. You've liberated me. What can I do for you guys? I'm going to give each of you one wish. And I'll grant whatever that one wish is. So the first guy says, man, I wish I was back in New York with my family. Poof, he was gone. Two guys now in the boat. 
the second guy says, man, you know what? I wish I was back in LA with my girlfriend. Poof, he's gone. One guy left in the raft. So the genie says, look, you're, you're, you're in. What's, what's, your, what's your wish? He says, you know what? Man, I, I'm so lonely. I wish I had my friends back. Bad answer. <laughs> Bad answer. What would your answer be? You know, this story that we just read gives us a lot to work with. So I want to take a look at it, get a little bit deeper with it. So who was this guy? Well, we don't know a whole lot about him. What do we know? Well, very little. We know that Mark 10 gives him a name. We know that Matthew 20 gives him a friend. But beyond that, we don't really know very much about him. But we do learn a lot through him. And by all accounts, he was probably in about as hopeless a situation as you could possibly find. I mean, you just think about what his daily life was like. I mean, he struggled to survive every single day. He struggled for a, a drink of water. He struggled for food. He struggled for shelter. He struggled for relationships. He struggled in his health, emotionally, physically, mentally. I mean, I don't think this guy ever had a good day. Every day he woke up, it was a challenge. Throughout the day was tough. And when he was finally able to go to sleep, that was yet another challenge. So his life, needless to say, was, was pretty devastating. And I think in his mind, the chance of being anything more than, than who he was while he was just sitting there was slim to none. And I think we can probably lean way on the none side. But the one thing that we know that he had was his hearing. And my guess is because he was blind, his hearing was very sharp. And so although he couldn't see things going on around him, his ears were able to tell him who's around, what are they saying, where are they going, who's coming, who's going. So he was pretty aware that there was something going on, that there was quite a commotion. And so he, he hears all this going on. He hears people, you know, scuffling around and, and, you know, maybe saying things like, here he comes, here he comes, wait, you know, move, no, no, but, you know, and so he, he, he knows there's something great happening, like, and it's on its way toward me. Then he does something that nobody expected this blind, beggar, all around public nuisance to do. He makes a scene. When everybody else thought he was probably just gonna shut up and be quiet and not do anything, he starts screaming, he starts yelling, and he calls out to Jesus. And he must have heard the people talking about him at some point because he knew this is an opportunity I can't miss. This may come by one time and it may be the only time. And if I don't do something now, then I risk never having a chance to get to a better place than I am right now. And so he doesn't care what anybody thinks, what anybody says. He knows that this Jesus is coming down the road. And so he begins to yell out, this was his shot, maybe his only shot. And so he takes it. And I think for him, it was like that genie in the bottle moment. It's like, you know what? I might have time to fire off one question or, or one, one, you know, one uh, line or, or one shout or something, but I'm not going to miss this. And so this is Jesus. And so he, he yells out to Jesus. And then he gets that, that genie in the bottle moment. What do you want me to do for you? 
And he's probably thinking to himself, this is, this is Jesus, the son of David, asking me, a blind public nuisance, what can you do for me? And it's interesting because we don't get the sense that he gave it a whole lot of thought. You know, we don't see like, oh, wow, well, you know, you kind of caught me off guard there, Jesus. You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Can I get back to you later on that? I mean, you don't, you don't get that sense. It was like he knew this is my moment. What do you want? And if I don't have an answer right now, then, you know, he might keep on walking. And so he responded immediately. I want my sight. I want to see, which he was able to after that. But why such a quick reply? Because he knew what he was missing. He knew the one thing that if I just had this, then, then my life would turn around. He knew what he was missing. And I think a lot of us tend to focus on the things that we have in life. We have a career or finances, or, or possessions. And these are sometimes things that, that we think we need to build a secure future. Hang on one second. Okay, thank you. These are things that we feel like we need to build a, sec a secure future, right? So we, we, we think about, we focus on our career. Can I do better with my career? Is it where I want it to be? Am I making the money I need to support my family? Is this the thing that really makes me happy? That's not a bad thing. Or, or maybe our, uh, you know, accomplishments or, or maybe, uh, you know, our, our finances or possessions because we want to make sure that we're setting ourselves up to be, you know, responsible husbands and fathers. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Those are, those are good things. And, and many would argue that's just being a good steward of the things that God has given you, the things that you have. But I think it's easier than you might think to lose sight of what you don't have. And that's crucial if what you don't have is what you need the most. Because when that happens, you're just as blind as he was. When Jesus died on that cross, his last words were, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, it doesn't just mean, in the Greek, it doesn't just mean that it was the end. Like, okay, you know, my, my span of years is done. You know, I've lived my 33 years in his case. And so that's it. That's all she wrote, you know, game over. It, it means much more than that. The word there is teleo, and, and this finish, this word teleo means completed, accomplished. Like you, you, you set out with a goal, and you met that goal. When that day comes for you, and if the events of this week have taught me anything, it's that that day comes unexpectedly. Like you cannot necessarily write that into the script of your life, right? I mean, you can if you want, but there's no guarantee that the script is going to follow the way you would like it to be. But when that day comes for you, will you be able to say, it is finished? It's completed. It's accomplished. Not just, I reached the end of my, my years, but this life really is, is accomplished. It's been, it's been completed. That I've become the man that, that God meant me to be as a father or as a husband or as a friend or as a disciple. And so the question we ask ourselves is, is there any unfinished business for me?
be and things that maybe I've been putting off that I'll do next week, next month, next year, next decade, thinking that you've got all this time. Is there any unfinished business? <clears throat> because as important as it might be to build your hope in your future here, and again, you know, I don't have anything against being a good steward of the things that God has entrusted to you. And the truth is most men will probably figure out how to get that done. But it's the other stuff that I'm most concerned with, where I think a lot of us may have some unfinished business. And that has to do with the areas of marriage, family, character, integrity, ministry, discipleship, and lordship. Because let's face it, guys, when you're ready to breathe your last breath, assuming that you have an awareness of what's going on, your mind will not be on anything that you've built in this world. You're not going to be thinking about your house. You're not going to be thinking about your car. You're not going to be thinking about your job. You're not going to be thinking about your property. You're not going to be thinking about your investments. You know what your mind is going to be on when you're getting ready to take your last breath, if you're aware of it? You're going to be thinking about your marriage, your wife, if you have one, or your family, or your relationships, your ministry, your, your place in the kingdom of God. And, and you'll be leaning on your character and your integrity and your discipleship, and your lordship, to frame how you feel about all those things when you're there getting ready to breathe your last breath. And so when Jesus asked this guy, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't respond with some of the things that maybe others around him thought he would. He didn't respond with a house, a chariot, new clothes. He said, no, no, I want to see. Because for him, that was the unfinished business in his life. And I think he was probably thinking, once I'm able to have that in place, then I'll be equipped and I'll be prepared to deal with the other things in my life. The rest will fall into place. And as we continue through this month talking about hope, I really want us to look deep at those things that matter most in our lives? And is there any unfinished business there? Because if we can take a look at our character and integrity and our family and marriage and our ministry and our, our discipleship and our lordship, if we can look at those things as being the most important things, then we can, like this guy probably did, trust that once that's in place, then all the other things will also fall into place. And so we need to look deep at those things that matter most. Is there any unfinished business? If so, then let's lean into those things, those more important things with even greater hope and trust that God is gonna help us out with all the rest of it. And so here's what I wanna do. In the remaining time that we have, or as much time as you want to engage this, we're going to go into some breakout rooms, and there's only one question. You know, sometimes when we do these rooms, we have like, you know, a dozen questions, and you get to 
two of them or something. And, or we're kind of looking at this list of questions and it just kind of jumps all over the place. So we've got one, one question and, and, and here's what it is. Maybe somebody who's a good uh, typist can type this in. Pat's gonna be pretty good at that. When it comes to all things spiritual, okay? So when it comes to all things spiritual, and you can fill in the blank what that means. You know, suggestions would be things like your marriage, your parenting, your your family, your church, your ministry, uh, Jesus, God, your lordship, your discipleship. When it comes to all, when it comes to all things that are that are spiritual, where do you see some unfinished business? And this is where you got to be really honest with yourself. You know, tonight we're not going to concern ourselves with anything in the material, physical world. You may have unfinished business there, but as I said before, odds are you're probably going to figure out how to get that, how to get that done. It's a shame when we go through life and we don't finish, we don't figure out how to get the other stuff together. So where do you see some unfinished business and what will you do to change that? This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.